Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome once again to the Leads That Podcast. I'm Paul and I am joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. Thanks for joining me, guys. Well, I'm going to start by saying this. Four points out of six. It could very... Like, we, we were seconds away from it being one point out of six. And the world would have looked a much bleaker place if that had happened. So I want that to be the tone for the podcast. So we're going to have a little tour around uh, last weekend's game, midweek game. Oh, weekend's game. We've got Brighton as well, haven't we? (laughs) We could skip over that one. (laughs) Five points out of nine and uh, four very winnable fixtures coming up. So uh, let's go back to Brighton. That was a really weird performance. When you say weird, you mean dog shit, don't you? Oh, I don't use bad words, but if uh, I, I, I understand the angle you're coming from. I think a, what? A, if you had a player in front of you now, they would, and they weren't on a microphone, I'm pretty sure they would say, yes, it was dog shit. And to play that poorly and still get a point was a massive positive at the time. Yeah, yeah. especially with those two home games coming up. Um, it was I was I was pretty comfortable with it to be honest. I was obviously unhappy with how we played, but um yeah, it, it was obviously a good point to say that we were pretty terrible. It, it was about as bad as it's got, really, wasn't it? It was just very fortunate. I think something that didn't hugely get covered at the time was that the but was picked up on by the travelling fans is that the the uh, the conditions were really poor for a game of football. Um, particularly the direction we were playing in the first half. So this is get your excuses in. But I think there was a feeling amongst the fans that it was harder for us to build momentum in the first half because of the conditions. And thus, when you change at half-time, even if the conditions don't change, Brighton were much more settled into the game. And it took us a long time into that second half. And actually, when you look back on it, Roberts had chances. And we could have uh, totally snatched something. But it really took us a long time to get going in that game. Mm. It was a storm down the right wing that was the biggest problem, I think. You can talk about the weather all week. But uh, yeah, that Lamptey guy, was he was class. And obviously, Firpo really struggled. But yeah, second half was better. I'll tell you what, the pass from Forshaw, he did a little reverse pass into Roberts for the last chance. That was absolutely sublime. Shame it didn't get finished. But um, yeah, no, no slight on Roberts. There weren't easy chances. He, he hit the target. You can't really do much more. The other thing with that was Rodrigo won the ball back very high up. I felt very good for Rodrigo because, yeah, he's on the wrong side of the fulcrum sometimes with our fans and people don't really, aren't taking a shine to him. And to be fair, even in recent matches, Bielsa hasn't really. So Fulcrum, what a word. Thank you. 
I didn't want to say seesaw, but that's what it is, basically. It's interesting when you look at a series of games that have happened in such a short space of time, because there is literally the good, the bad, and the ugly across these three games, and we're undefeated in them, which is probably the best bit. And there'll be some players, I think, that we go on to talk about, like Forshaw, who shines throughout, and then Roberts, you've seen probably every bit of, um, because uh, Rocco's a Roberts hater, and uh, <laughs> Am I? and uh, and uh, I think we probably saw the good, the bad, and the ugly of Furpo. Uh, I actually, I think he's very attractive. Is that the good bit? Yeah, that no. is the good bit. I actually saw him, Rocco. You don't know this story. I saw Furpo in in Leeds the other day. Sorry, Paul, I completely <laughs> derailed you. I no, saw him. I saw him, and he was wearing his mask, and uh, I recognised his his beautiful eyes. And uh, I gave him the lead suit and he winked and gave me a thumbs up back. But do you know what's even Good better man. about this? 20 yards before that. You won't so, guess this. There's no way that anybody can guess what he's going to say next. 20 yards before that, I saw Peter Andre. No. Really? Honestly, Peter Andre and Junior Furpo in the space of 20 <laughs> yards. Impressive. If you'd, gone, if you'd gone on a reputable betting site's request a bet and gone for an accumulator of seeing Peter Andre and Junior Furpo, you'd have got. They'd have refused to issue odds on that. It'd be crazy odds. They'd what be out sort of business. Mask did uh, Furpo have on? Um, it was just a, a plain black mask. It was. It was stylish. I imagine it was an unmarked Gucci or something. Did he, had he drawn a little tash on it? Is that how you <laughs> recognised him? His <laughs> his moustache is beautiful, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's very very eighties. I want it, well, I'm going to say it porn star esque, but there you go. <laughs> I have to admit, I'm a Furpo mustache hater. You hate his, how can you hate his mustache? Oh, yeah, it creeps me out. I don't like it. <laughs> creeps me out. <laughs> oh, excellent. So you hate his football and his mustache. And Roberts, apparently, yeah. There's, there's like evidence on tape of that. You, you definitely <laughs> said no, I'm, 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 I'm fine. Sticking with the 80s theme, Paul calling it tape. Yeah. It must be on tape somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. It's probably yeah. in my book. Um, you go, without you go, wanting to throw the, the, you've uh... got a better chance of coming <laughs> yeah. to me it's on a on a tape than in a cloud. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we got that point. And when you get points like that, it can buoy you on to the next fixture. And when you've got a game coming that quickly, like the Crystal Palace game did, and you look at it, then you go, right, we've, we've got a draw that we've Maybe didn't deserve, but we've got a draw. We've got two home games that we think are winnable. And we've also got, we know we've got players coming back as well. So we go into the Crystal Palace game with a lot of uh, energy. And uh, I think we started really well. Yeah, what but... do you think? <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah, I thought the Palace game was good, to be honest. I, uh, you know, we, we didn't, we, there was no flowing football or not a lot of flowing football. I don't know. Yeah, it all merges into one another now. But um, I don't think we created that much, did we? But, I mean, they gave absolutely everything. It was an up-and-atom performance, um, which which I enjoyed. Um, yeah, I'm still lacking quality and, and uh, potency going forward, I think. We um, did create double what Crystal Palace did, and we got had far more possession, despite what Mr Vieira believed immediately after the game. I know that the stats don't show everything, but when you've got a feeling that you've 
when you've lost and you've got a feeling that you're the better team, then you look at the stats and the stats show that you've been battered. It doesn't doesn't help your argument, does it? Or make give you any additional credibility? It's almost like he's he's trying to convince the board that it was all right, but the <laughs> the board seen the stats as well. They know he's lying. Yeah, I think we did. I don't think they can complain. I mean, obviously it was a Stonewall penalty as well uh, in the current rules. Um, and uh, yeah, we were the only team really going for it. They missed their chance, obviously with Benteke, but. You know, he's he's a crap striker. Well, <laughs> and you know a thing or two about them because you comment on Tyler Roberts. <laughs> you know? Going into that game, Tyler Roberts was starting. A lot of people were apprehensive about that. But do you think actually? Maybe we'll leave this till we discuss yesterday's game. But the little run of extended time and, and minutes has only been a good thing for Tyler Roberts. He has had it before, though. Um, you know, he's, he's had plenty of long runs in the team, so I, I don't really buy into that. But um, he, he's definitely done well this week. Um, he seems uh, he, he seems like he seems stronger to me. He seems he seems sort of more sure of himself in terms of what he's going to do with the ball, and also you know more more psychologically as well. He uh, yeah, he's he's been he's been good. He's been good up front, and he's got a goal now. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, next four games are a killer for him. It's it's a lot to ask, isn't it, to continue your goal-scoring run or, or start a goal-scoring run? The, mo- the most impressive thing I thought in the Palace game was Stuart Dallas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he completely muted uh, Zaha, didn't he? He's like, he, he, who's easily one of the best players on the pitch. Like, let's be honest, like, he's caused us so many problems in the past. Um, but Stuart Dallas, it's... It's just, it's just ridiculous because he played so well against him, and he's not even in his natural position. And you just, you just sort of forget, don't you? you? Just think like situation we've had the last few games with strikers. You could stick Dallas up there, and you wouldn't question it, really, would you? Be like, yeah, do you know what? He scored a few goals. He'd probably be all right up there. You know, I, I am honestly one of the people that a few years ago didn't write him off, but I've definitely said uh, he's good. But you know, if we ever push into Premier League. I can't see him sticking around. And I think it was because we always tried to play him as a, a pacey winger. And and he's not that, but he's everything else. Yeah, I'm completely the same or, or worse. I, I mean, I just, I didn't think Dallas would be in the squad that got promoted, you know, when we eventually got promoted. Um, like you say, for that reason, you know, he's, he's clearly not a, you know, a winger that's going to, you know, mm. tear teams apart. But yeah, it's everything else. He, he's been superb. He's completely bounced back to form, hasn't he? These yeah. well, since he uh, since he opened up about his his um, his mate that, that died sadly. So yeah, absolute full credit to him. He's, he's I mean, at, well, we'll come on to uh, yesterday's game, um, which I thought he played really well again. But I, I did blame him for the first goal. Yeah, nevertheless, he's been absolutely superb. So the last minute penalty meant that for Crystal Palace, it was a case of so near yet. Zaha. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to say that? Bloody a hell. week, about a week, uh, <laughs> six days. No, whenever I went quiet in this last bit, it's because I've had that in my mind and I was waiting for you two to finish your thing about Dallas. It was when you said Zaha, that was what it was. Anyway, last minute winners, the place went nuts. I actually stood still, didn't say a thing and just looked around and soaked it in it was amazing um i was saying yeah i don't know if he's ever taken a penalty before so the stutter will certainly have uh, surprised the keeper as it probably did all of us and uh 
and it worked. It, it left him flat-footed, didn't it? There was there was so much talk around penalty takers who stopped during the Euros were the ones that were getting safe penalties. So as soon as he did it, I had all these these bloody pundits pundits words bubbling round <laughs> in my head. I'm terrified. Uh, I love I love watching back the replays. There's 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 a replay of all angles on the Leeds app, which is worth watching. And you know, like the the silence that hits literally just before he, he smashes the ball. There's like one person who makes a really loud noise, and it's quite distracting. But the the, the main thing that I watched in the uh, in all the other angles was actually I think there's a couple of people that probably stepped in the box <laughs> <laughs> at that moment, and it probably should have been retaken. But there you go. We moved on to Sunday. Last minute winner fires everyone up. Go into the game. We've got Luke Ayling back in the starting lineup. We've got Bamford on the bench. And this, uh, this might be one that uh, Rocco could say, well, he's had that before, so it would probably be the same argument as last time, but there's an argument maybe that Tyler Roberts playing and having the pressure of not of, of competition could say, look, he knows that if he's if he's out, there's increased competition because there's Geld, Geld Hard and uh, Bamford and, and Rodrigo. There are other players in and around it. Maybe Tyler Roberts is a bit in the last chance saloon before the January window, and he, he came out and had a decent performance yesterday. It's a good point about the competition, to be fair, because, you know, when he has come in, um, you know, it's obviously been, been because players have been missing, and he's, yeah, not saying it's a last resort, it's sort of, he's fallen into the team, if you like. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go along with that. Uh, good on him. That's good, good mentality, mental strength. I love Tyler May. I've always said Rocco. Big Tyler Roberts fan. <laughs> James, how much do you think that uh, Marcelo Bielsa overthought his substitution when instead of bringing Click on, or it ought to be Creswell, but Click was stripped. Yeah, Cooper went down injured, and which was early on, wasn't it? And um, 11th there, minute. Yeah, there was no one warming up at that point. So then it was all of a sudden, right, Charlie, you get out there, you go warm up. And then everyone else followed. It was like, Jack Harrison, you go warm up. Click, you go warm up. And then I think the bench, because we're, we're sort of right in the corner down where they warm up, and bench was wafting one of them back, and Click was like, me, me? Creswell was me? Everyone thought it was Creswell who was supposed to be coming back. Click eventually ran back, went back, took his shirt off, got changed. And then, <laughs> and then they put Harrison on, be like, what the hell is going on? No one in the ground knew what was going on. And then for the next 10 minutes it transpired, no one on the bloody pitch knew what was going on either. So yeah, it's almost like sometimes he, he he picks like the next player who who deserves it almost. And then he just sort of, you know, like, makes everything fall into place from there. And yeah, it was, I can't really get my head around it. So, well, Harrison yeah. didn't get off get on at Crystal Palace. And I did think that. I thought maybe he thinks Harrison is his next substitution and he wants to challenge himself to put him in to see how this can work. So Harrison went left wing, James went into the middle, Roberts went somewhere else, <laughs> Phillips dropped back, Falshaw dropped back. But it was those few minutes where like no one knew where they should really be playing. Because I think Roberts picked the ball up on the left and he was waiting for Dan James to go out on oh, the left yeah. in front of him. So he passed it out wide, then he's like, oh, right. Yeah, just went straight out. <laughs> he's not playing there then, is he? Due to family commitments, I had to watch this on... Uh, Portuguese television and uh, with hindsight it may have been Brazilian television but you know you can't legislate for where in the world you are at any given point but uh, it meant that you get to listen to some wonderful uh, Portuguese pronunciations of our pl- players names 
So uh, I'm now referring him as the Firpo, and uh, it's not Lorente anymore. It's Lorenge. Lorenge. It was uh, it was enjoyable. Paul, I have just remembered we had a, we had another but sorry I'm going back in time again but we had another funny bus incident on the way to the on the way to the Palace game. We did have a funny bus incident on the way to the Crystal Palace game. Yeah, God, that's got lost in my mind. So it's funny. <laughs> it was just funny. I'm hoping it translates because I know that the Loyo story did translate reasonably well into in onto tape. But this might have just been one of those. You had to be there moment. So the bus driver, we've got on the got on the bus. There was no queue to get on the buses, which is really rare. And then they didn't even fill it up properly. It just set off. And it looked like it was reasonably relatively close to kick not that close to kickoff, but you thought you'd get stuck into a queue of traffic. And we were actually racing in an Uber. Matthew and Andy who decided to go in a taxi because they didn't want to get the bus back. So we're racing them. They said, Oh, we're still stuck in town. And we're like, great but then we got onto the slip road and got stuck on that that slip road is a nightmare it wasn't going anywhere so we went down the stairs to see because another bus had all piled off and we're going around and uh basically the lady said i'm not letting you off i'm not letting you off it's on me i can't let you off and uh the guy said something along the lines of if i press this red emergency button (laughs) (laughs) then it's on me rather than on you (laughs) right and he stood there and started praying on this plastic button, but nothing was happening. So he just kept smacking the plastic until I think she just opened the doors. And no, he, like, he he managed to open the doors and everyone was like, way, piled off the bus. And then she was like, after saying, no, I can't let you off, can't let, let you off. She said, have a nice night, lad. See you later. <laughs> Tales of a slip road. That's a you know you could that be your next book, Rocco. I'm working on it. Tales Spin. of a slip road sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> clearly, clearly the game was really exciting. So first half we were pretty dominant. Got the goal. Tyler was in the right place. Awful defending by Pontus, heading it straight back to the person who'd whipped the corner in previously, and we deserved it. And we were on top after the substitution as well. He's well. A bit into that half, he swapped players around because it was Rafinha who ended up on the left. So, you know, you could say all that uh, resulted in a Bielsa masterclass. I'm not sure that he did, to be honest. I think I think he ended up over there because of some pressing uh, some pressing gone mad sort of thing. I don't know if it was a swap, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether it was, a, you know, a corner that had happened or something where they'd switched around or whatever. No, I, th- I, think, I think they had swapped at that point, but it could be wrong. It, but it could be the Crystal Palace game that they swapped. They do swap a lot. They, yeah. they, they do. They're on their toes really frequently. It's like if I think if they're plugging away and it's not working, it'll, they'll, they'll be switched quite quickly. And then yeah. they have to find out who their man is now. Must be hard work. They must get. To, they must sleep really well at night. <laughs> and then Dragon ball by Rafinha wasn't it absolutely yeah key. amazing such a quality assist he's so influential in the in any success that our team has at the moment I actually said on Tuesday night is he the equivalent of a uh, Ross McCormack in our team i.e. without him we're utterly screwed <laughs> <sighs> you don't want to say yes do you but it does seem like that at times this season. Hasn't he scored like 40% of our goals or something ridiculous? And the the assist rate has got to be up there, if not more. 
Yeah, because I, I was thinking the other day, I was trying to think if anyone scored more than one goal apart from him. And then I came up with Rodrigo has got two and obviously Bamford has now. Um, I don't know if anyone else has. It is, a, it, it is a bit worrying, but then also, I don't know, we seem to be playing better. Like I, I know there was, there's still sort of frailties there, but we're definitely playing better. We do seem to have sacrificed a degree of creativity for solidity. I don't know whether it's deliberate or not, but we've conceded so many... I don't think you need to say many in that sentence. Yeah, you do. So many fewer <laughs> goals than uh, the period... The, the comparable period last year. Oh yeah, we're not we're not in that much of a worse position, but the like for like fixtures are obviously. Uh, I think after the next few weeks, then the like for like fixtures are, will be comparable. But it depends. Depends. We'll get to predictions. Let's project how many points we're getting. I've tried to go on request a bet and put an accumulator for us to get no points, just to completely soften the blow of that happening. But they don't like it. You can't. You can't do it. So I'm just gonna have to. Ask them about Peter Andre and Junior Firpo, though. I'll do it at the same time, but that won't help you. That's like me asking them if I could put last week's lottery <laughs> numbers on and get paid out on it. You're just being silly. Right, so halftime happened, and then Phillips got injured, and then it went to uh, it went to pot very quickly, didn't it? You mentioned Dallas being uh, at fault for that first goal, which I get your point. But also, I don't know, um, I don't know whether VAR checks this or can check it, but it looked like, because we were right on the line, it looked like it had gone out for a throw and it didn't look like it was. It should play on at all. And everyone around us was playing hell about it. So, yeah, I thought I thought Dallas was a bit unlucky down there, to be honest. I, I actually thought he was maybe the one doing the fouling, to be honest. But, yeah, you've got a much better view of it um, than me. Uh, mm. I just felt like he was he was too bothered about battling. You know, mm. it seemed like if he had just concentrated on the ball, that might he might not have slipped away like he did, but... Yeah, it was a bit of a funny one. There were large elements of fortune in it, and I know that you can say that about our goals, but I think it was probably still on the line. They, they didn't check it, but then his cross deflected off Lorente right into the path of that guy. And on match of the day, they said, oh, on the Sky Sports highlights, they said, placed it beautifully, but it looked like he kind of just scuffy bobbled it, and it just happened to luckily go into the corner. So... Yeah, I guess if you're a Brentford fan, it's it's an amazing goal. And from my perspective, it was spawny and therefore they should have probably just let us have one back. But instead, they decided to turn the screw at that point because our heads fell off for 10 minutes. Yeah, losing Calvin Phillips to an injury was not good, was it? It, it severely knocked us. We're so used to, um, I'll say so used to, we're used to Pascal Strike being able to drop into that position if needs be. And I just don't think we had anyone else to sort of drop in there and sort it out, you know instinctively know what they were doing so yeah un- unfortunately it just took you know 10 minutes for someone else to be able to get in that position and understand it and try and deliver james you might know this how's cox pubis i don't know how his pubis is but i hope it's better well he's, he's doing like giveaways on instagram isn't he so you can't have a poorly pubis for all this time <laughs> who knows what he's done to it i just want to know how he strained his pubis i think for this run of fixtures it'd be very useful if we got cocked back in careful it's what gonna... you say <laughs> <laughs> Very reasonable. Well, think, he's he's had a long time out there, really, hasn't he? So you think he's probably got to have a few under twenty three games before he's back. I mean, has he played? He's not even been in the under twenty three team, has he? No, he's no, no. He's the only senior player remaining out until we've got two more senior players out. Sell two in, two in. out. It's the rule. Sell him in January. Who cock? <laughs> I'm joking. 
So no, we need we need him back, and I think now would be the prime time with Cooper injured for him to to come back in as well, and then probably cement his place in there for for some time. But that's the way it goes. So we managed to get Bamford on the pitch. Didn't look look like anything was really happening. The balls were just kind of it was the kind of stuff that Bamford's motions kind of normally go through when it's not quite happening. Maybe at the start of the game, but as he builds his way into it, did you feel? Did you believe? Did you hang on and think? There's still a chance here. How convinced were you that that was going to happen? I wasn't convinced at all, to be honest. I I didn't think it was. I didn't think we'd even have a chance. Um, so I, it was a lovely surprise for me. I did. I, I just it just seemed like one of those games that was fizzling out. We were really struggling to break them down. Um, you know their tactics, obviously with the time wasting, etc. Yeah, and I think the fans as well. Like we have to probably take a bit of the. You know, but not the blame, but you know, we we were under power as well. Like Ellen Road wasn't rocking. Um, you know, we, it, you know, it wasn't like the Wolves game or, or even Palace for whatever reason. Was it because it was Sunday? I don't know. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, it took me completely by surprise. But you still had a good time, and you threw a, a pint at Canos. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say it was me. I really would. But absolute. Uh, yeah. Kudos to the guy that uh, smacked him on the head with a pint. Absolutely brilliant. Rocco's not sorry, really sorry, associated we, with we this We lead to that, Condo. <laughs> we, 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 uh, he's purely an invite. We don't know him. Yeah, I agree with the atmosphere um, comment. It was a bit flat, and I don't know whether it was just people expected us to win. Like, there's too much um, expected behaviour, and I don't think people got up enough for it. And I think the net result was... The team ended up being a bit <laughs> complacent as well, to be honest. See, I don't like that. There's so many people on chi- on Tuesday before Tuesday night going six points. We get these six points, and then we get into the yeah. four fixtures. I'm like, no, no, no. We play these two games. Like it really, yeah. it bugged me from the start. And we were ultimately we were lucky to get the win against Crystal Palace. It doesn't mean we didn't deserve it, but we were very lucky. Yeah. And we were lucky to get a, a point yesterday. The manner of those things. I, the, the way in which we did it is the best way in which you can do it because that does give you a a massive lift going into the next fixture. The, the part where I felt we were complacent was when we scored and the celebration that Roberts had and uh, sort of everyone sort of slowly got around him as though it was a like, you know, and it wasn't like a roaring up to the crowd, really excited. Yeah. Or It was very much, yeah, we've scored against Brentford and, you know, we're probably going to just nail this. And it, I think for, you know, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but that's kind of what it felt like at the time. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> but I think everyone's probably, well, everyone is delighted for Patrick uh, coming back in. And I say Patrick, like I know him. For Mr. Bamford coming in and uh, that's a striker's instinct, isn't it? When you can knee it in off the bar, like basically. And then, then the scenes that followed, absolute chaos how did that feel compared to Tuesday nights no I I, I didn't know it had gone in um like because I'm in the cop I saw the ball hit the bar like and you can't see the net ripple and like one of the Leeds players probably went after like once the ball had gone in the net I think someone ran after the ball to like boot it into the crowd or whatever and I yeah I thought it just like hit the bar and come out until I saw Bamford uh, galloping down the touchline uh, majestically uh, and then it was pandemonium for me. Funny Patrick Bamford moment. I saw, you might have seen it, an interview with him where he said, 
my dad will be really angry that I took my shirt off, but I, was, I just got caught up in the moment. Did they press him on that? <laughs> What's his dad's problem? Uh, poor etiquette. It's a waste of a booking, though, isn't it? That's yeah, probably the issue. He's, he's not the first one of our players to get one for that this season. And he won't be the last. Rafinha did do that thing where he's gone mad and tapped the badge and everything. And uh, is that... like? <laughs> it's so funny because our fans are really... Like most fans of most clubs are fickle and are really up and down. So everyone will be like, oh, no, he's going, he's going. Everyone's like, oh, he loves the club, he loves the club. And that's, for me, just made it go... Uh, he's gonna look everyone's gonna be even more disappointed now when he leaves <laughs> uh, that's how I feel about it to be honest it's like we'll always have that moment where he pointed at the badge you felt like it was just a, a, a good opportunity to get some uh, interactions on social off someone <laughs> else's uh, videos and majestically done I would say you say um, Rafinha went mad part that I loved his madness more than anything was when uh he smashed the ball over the West Stand in an absolute rage. <laughs> he was like, he just picked it up and volleyed it. I don't know if you saw it on TV, but he was absolutely furious because there was some atrocious refereeing decisions. Like it, it's, it's. I always think like if someone listened to this who's not a Leeds fan, you would come in and just think, oh my god, they're so biased talking about like how bad the referee was. But he was a a joke. Like had no control over the game whatsoever, and his decision making was abysmal. Just so, yeah, I, like we're frustrated. So, for a player, when you're at that level, being amongst that, it must be so annoying. But, so, yeah, that ball's in orbit somewhere. It'll probably land in a couple of years. <laughs> the decision, uh, the, the first ridiculous decision, which I assume through my uh, understanding of Portuguese meant this is a load of rubbish, was when he booked Tyler Roberts, right? When he'd been shoved to the ground by, I think it was by Norgard barged into him and he fell over and then tried to kick to reach the ball and Roberts got a yellow card for it. Like and the liner was right in front of it and clearly saw that Tyler Roberts was fouled. But there you go. Not the best refereeing performance, but it's no excuse for our uh, uh, lack of cohesion in the second half. It didn't go well. We're struggling at the moment to string two halves together in a complete performance. And we will see different kinds of performances in these next four fixtures because we're going to have to be more patient. We're going to have to defend. The expectation is going to be completely different to this last run of fixtures. And if we can do that, the reason I want to bet on four losses is that I don't think it's going to happen and I like to waste my money. I think most fans that, whereas people this time last week were going, six points, then on to the next ones. Everyone now is going, anything out of these four is a bonus. What would you take? 12. But uh, I'd take four out of 12 now if you if you offer me that. Four would be good. Four would be yeah. a fairly decent return. Three. I'm, I'm, I, I really feel like we're going to beat Arsenal. I feel like it's one of those nights where it'll just come together. Arsenal won't turn up and... Yeah, nice 3 0 It's been a I while. I can't see us getting anything out of the others. Oh, it'll be so hard. I mean, they're different. It's a different challenge, it feels, than than last season going to playing these teams. They they do seem to have got their stuff together uh, this season. They they seem a whole different prospect. I think maybe City. Like City yeah. seem to have more off days than the other two. The other two are a bit more like well oiled machines, whereas if you know City are now top of the league, so uh, nah. their, their off days seem to have been uh, 
<laughs> yeah, those those are the top three. The City have won the last five games in a row and are top of the league. Liverpool have won well, they've, they've won twenty in a row when we've beaten last time, so that's fine. Yeah, Arsenal is the Arsenal is the one that they're playing currently, drawing against Everton as it stands, but. If we, if we get anything out of it, I'll be happy, honestly. Because <laughs> honestly, I, I do, th- you look at it on paper, and by all accounts, we shouldn't get any points from these games. I think if we get zero, I, f- I feel like we'll still be just outside the relegation zone, which is nice. And then that Villa game will be massive. So, Villa game, crikey. Should we preview that already? Just forget the next four. <laughs> well, it just feels it feels a long way away, and there's so much is going to happen during that time period. I just wonder if um, Victor Orta is still going to be shouting at any fans. Do we know what's that about yet? I don't know, but I think James wants to issue a formal apology to Mary. <laughs> oh dear, no. Do I have to? Yeah. There's there's a, someone on Twitter called. I don't know what her name is, but it's, it's, it's in a Twitter handle. I don't know what that is, but she's called Mary. And she just said that it was a bit of a disgrace Victor Orta was behaving like that. And she'd taken a photo of her TV screen. And I just said, climb back on your settee, Mary. That was it. I think that was a fair comment. And she blocked us. She blocked us. Wow. She, she blocked our account. Sorry, Mary, if you're listening. But my point still stands. If she blocked our Twitter <laughs> but still listens to the podcast, then... She never listens to the podcast. We miss you, Mary, and we want you back. <laughs> I'm but, sorry for this behaviour. But the, I know, I know, like this, the, the line of "Oh, he's a director; he should, be, you know, he's got to learn to behave himself." And part of me does agree with that, but the other part of me thinks, like, I had so much rubbish in the in the stands yesterday from people, and I'll quite happily give their seat numbers if anyone wants them. And it was just nonsense, like blaming Arta, saying that. Lorente's rubbish. Lorente saying Bielsa is getting sacked in the morning. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> it, it, like, what? I just don't get it. I don't get where these people congeal their stupid thoughts. Like, listen, I'll tell you what. How you, if you want to avoid that, just watch it in Portuguese because you get none of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll you just get that. fun names and irritating Brentford goals. That's all you get. I like his passion. I don't want him. I don't want him to curb it. Let him. Uh, you do you, Victor. You know that by the time you go to the Arsenal game, it'll just be some kind of footnote in Angus's program notes because he he stood there, isn't he, in it, just looking mortified. And by the time you get to the 18th of December, it'll be something that he jokes about in the program. Didn't he joke about something else in a program recently? He got upset. He upset Gary Neville. Did he? I don't know why Gary Neville was reading Angus Kinnear's program notes. Leeds fan. He wasn't even covering it for. I'm going down a weird path here. In a couple of years, he might not be there if the 49ers come in and take over. True. That seems to be what's been rumoured today. I don't know whether you can say rumoured or reported, but that they have an option by January 2024, which anytime you say anything 2020-something sounds like the distant future, but I think that's like two years, isn't it? So um, to uh, get a, a vast majority stakeholding in the club, so we'll see. I found it quite interesting like to have that deal set up, you know, giving them two years to buy the club at a certain price. It, I don't, I don't know, just, it seems a bit weird. Um, yeah, because he's mean, not... Isn't there a clause in it as well that he can't buy an Italian club until... Sorry, yeah. no, no, they can't release funds if he's buying someone else, something like if, that. If he's not allowed to buy... If he buys another club anywhere in the world, the deal's yeah. off. So basically, if, if he 
if if Rad changes his mind and he wants to keep Leeds, he can just go and buy Harrogate Railway or something. Harrogate Railway. When Harrogate Town won at the weekend, and I don't know why I thought that this was definitely going to happen, but I was like, Harrogate Town versus Leeds in the FA Cup, that's going to be absolutely amazing. And they got Luton, <laughs> and we got a thriller in the capital again. We'll get which a few we've tickets, lost, apparently. That is true. I was quite happy with it. Going back to takeover, imagine how much Thomas Frank would moan at our wealth if we got taken over <laughs> by the 49ers. I was thinking about this today and I was thinking, you know, because he keeps, there's this little undertone, isn't there, of like, oh, much, much higher budget than us. It's like, well, go work at a club that's got more budget if that's what you're bothered about. And equally, they've just spent 71 million quid on a stadium. Get your priorities right. Get your team sorted. Stay in the Premier League. Build some funds and then build your stadium. And they built a stadium that's like a community stadium. It's it's like it's smaller than City's reserve ground. Did you <laughs> see that last week? That place was crazy. And they put some weird colours in it. God knows what they were doing there. They took their beautifully charactered little ground and turned it into something that looks like it's a, a school sports stand. Mm. Ugh. Sick of Brentford. I've had enough of them. I think we've covered everything. We've covered the, the hat trick of games. We've covered how we're going to get tons of points coming up. We've covered uh, the the League Cup draw, the players returning. Um, yeah, we've covered you upsetting the fan base. Um, Sorry, Mary. We've covered Rocco's writing. I'll issue an apology to Tyler Roberts. In your he book. deserves it. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> We'll do a preface. It's like, sorry, Tyler. I think you need to apologise to Furpo's moustache as well. And then we we'll uh, think we've sorted the lot. The, there's there's a guy who sits near me. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, Robert's missed early on in the first half. And he's like, get back to Tyler. Tyler. And then <laughs> the guy was like, there's a guy in front of him. So so what? That's very witty, isn't it? You know, you think he's a Tyler. Tyler the Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on oh dear yeah. it's funny though right well, we'll be back again after the uh, and if we're back with any points in our back pocket that'll be a thoroughly exciting result or front pocket I don't any... know which pocket you... just any points you don't have to put them in your pockets just enjoy them <laughs> good point good pocket that's <laughs> awful sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always awful Podcast Network.